Hello and welcome to Wine, Spirits, and Witches. This is Monica. And this is Shauna, and we are your High Priestess for this evening. And we are live. go. <laughs> we are live, live from the Green Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are doing our very first live podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for coming out. We are so nervous and excited, and we are 30 minutes late, which means we're on time because it's pagan, pagan standard, standard time. time. Yeah. <laughs> so the question of the hour, Monica, what are you drinking? I am drinking my famous punch. I haven't made it in about 20 years, but I think uh, it came out really good, if you ask me. What do you think? Let, let's see. Let's see. Let's do a taste test. I think this is really dangerous because it's super sugary. Yeah, be very you careful. You guys are laughing. She put probably like an entire bottle of vodka into that punch bowl. Yeah, so be very weary because it does goes down real easy. Okay? Oh, and Ricky's cup's already empty. Monica looked at hers and said she was high. Like, it's going to be a good time. That's the way it goes. And you guys have already seen me wrestling with Monica's microphone. So now when you guys listen to it and you hear this all the time, now you, you know, know why. why. How many people in here listen to our podcast? Raise your hand. Woo, just two. All right, well, oh, fuck wow. it. We have some people, I guess, that came and they just thought they're here for a magical tea party. So we are actually a podcast. We're called Wine, Spirits, and Witches, and we drink alcohol. She came up with the name Wine, Spirits, and Witches, but she doesn't drink wine. I don't. Because that makes sense. So I drink the wine, a lot of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the wine. He's the spirits, and she's the witch. This is, this is how it works. <laughs> yes, that's how it works, so. Well, we did have somebody that actually complimented your punch and said it was delicious. Yes, we did. And we said that we would give the recipe on air so that anyone at home that wants to check it out, that they can drink it too. So, Monica, do you want to share how you made this? Sure. So what I did, I prepped during the week, actually. I started with some frozen berries, and I made them into ice cubes in my refrigerator, uh, my freezer, actually. So they were ready to go by the time I got here. And then the first ingredient is a vodka. So I think I used a good amount of vodka, people. So She used an entire bottle, so just okay. dump the whole and, thing. And then you add um, fruit juice, but it's like berry juice. It has to have like berries, raspberries, cherries, anything like that. And then I add some 7-Up or Sprite or any lemon-lime soda. And then I add the ice cubes, and you're ready to rock and roll. That's it. It's she simple as that. She did sacrifice a small child into it as well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I do just want to say that when I asked her about this, and I was like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, you use juicy juice. Yeah, back, okay. <laughs> back juicy east, there, I'm from back east, and back east there was this juice called juicy juice, and it was 100%. Okay, because we have, other, there we go. Other people are like, all yes, right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, see, I'm not crazy. So you are, my but that's kids loved it because it was all, all natural juice. But I took up and I used it for my alcoholic punch. So that's what. But they don't have it here in California, and that was a really long time ago. I don't even know if it exists anymore back there. But I found something comparable, so it still tastes good. It tastes just like the juicy juice, actually. It's delicious, and my lush ass is looking back at that punch bowl. I'm like, okay, cool. There's enough for seconds. All right, cool. I just got to be fast enough to get there. We'll get there. I, and I'm not kidding you when I say I had about three or four sips, and I am high. 
I, I that's just me though. That's just me. I have a low resistance. So part of tonight was that we're just going to talk about just our experience as witches and what that means and I'm going to go ahead and start with just Monica saying that because to me part of the experience of being a witch is having Monica as my high priestess and as one of my very best friends and family members and I remember going to New Orleans with her and I was so excited. We are in New Orleans, one of the most magical cities in the U.S. and we get there and Monica orders this giant fucking hurricane and like this cup is like as big as her fucking head and I was like yeah let's get started and I was like already probably two drinks in and she takes guys like she takes like three sips and then five minutes later she's like I'm drunk here and hands it to me let me tell you that was the cheapest trip I drank the entire fucking time for free because Monica kept ordering drinks and she'd take one sip and then she was done and would just hand it to me it was fantastic I love having cheap date friends <laughs> I can't help but I can't drink that much I, I can't I'm a cheap date I'm a very cheap date cheap date Better? <laughs> okay. So, but that was actually a really magical trip that we actually got to meet a coven out there and we got to, we got to do magic with them too. Yeah, I contacted, I was, I went on um, Witchbox, which does not exist anymore. It used to be a witch newspaper with all resources and stuff like that. And I went on there and I looked for covens in New Orleans and I just wrote to uh, several covens asking them if we can join them because we were going to be there for a full moon. And I figured, wow, wouldn't that be exciting and magical just being there in New Orleans doing full moon with another coven? And someone responded to me, and they were called um, the Beehive Coven, actually. And so we met up with them. It was a really nice ritual, and we all participated in it, and it was, it was wonderful, right? And I discovered this really awesome dissolving paper oh, yeah. um, that we used in the ritual that the coven had where you would, like, write down like what you were trying to banish and then they said like okay when you're ready you like put your paper in the cauldron and you have to stir it until it disappears and I was just like are you fucking kidding me I'm gonna be here all fucking night I have to try and make this paper disappear and then it really was I was like amazed because like you just dropped it and it just totally disappeared it's like a like a magic paper for stage magic but since then, I have actually incorporated that into my magical practice because it is really fantastic for things that you want to banish. Or if you are trying to infuse a water with a specific intent or energy, you can take a little slip of it. So Amazon, you guys can find it. It's pretty awesome. It's called Dissolvo Paper. Okay. So that was pretty Dissolvo, fun. Dissolvo yes. Paper. I loved that. Yeah, that was, that was very cool. That we, I haven't seen it here yet. I have some. I got it on Amazon. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about like my life as a witch and magical experiences. And of course, the second that you put yourself like on the spot, you're like, I've never had a magical experience in my life. I can't think of any. <laughs> so it took a minute and it was funny because the first thing that came to mind actually was all like funny animal things. And that's kind of what I wanted to start with. I don't know if you have animal things. I have animal things for you. Okay, okay. <laughs> go ahead, you go. Um, well, the first one is um, my cat, Sam, who I still have. If those of you guys that have seen um, videos with me or taken my class, you guys all know Dean already. My cat that likes to come in and show his butt to the camera. You know, everyone knows Dean's butt. Um, but there is a Sam to go with Dean. 
And um, I was doing a working to St. Expedite, and one of the things that you can work with St. Expedite for is to expedite a situation, hence his name. He's a pretty cool dude. And he likes red candles, and he likes water or coffee and pound cake. And a lot of times what you do is you give him like half up front, half on delivery of whatever you're asking him to do. But I was being a little generous and I gave him a whole pound cake and this big goblet of water. And I just said, if you come through, I'll give you another one and I will give a pound cake to a homeless person. That's always the way I work my deal with him. I forget who told me that, but I have noticed that that is really efficient. Just always make sure that you hold up your end of the deal. So I gave it to him, I did my thing, and my altar's in an interesting place in my house where I really don't have to worry about animals getting to it, except this fucking time. Except this time, my cat Sam somehow manages to get up onto it. He doesn't knock over anything. He doesn't set himself on fire. That was also like a miracle. But he took half of the pound cake and half of the water. And I was just like, are you in trouble? Like, you just you just stole the spirit's yummies. Like, I don't know. Are you okay? <laughs> but I did think it was interesting because you're supposed to give St. Expedite half, and that is what Sam took, was the other half of the whole. So it was kind of magical. It was kind of a nuisance. But considering that he didn't break anything, he didn't set himself on fire because I had a cat. She didn't set herself on fire, but she's this beautiful, long-haired cat. She singed the fuck out of her tail on a candle. Um... But I, I really did feel like that was kind of like St. Expedite, like, no, you did it wrong. I don't like overeating. Take half of it away. That's kind of how I took that. Well, talking about fire, I'm the queen of fire. I have started fires and rituals so many times. Not on purpose. It just happens. It just totally happens. When I first moved here to California, which was almost 30 years ago, oh my God, 30 years ago, um, my high priest came out because we missed each other so much because I left, I left a very strong working coven back, back east and it was really hard to adjust here. And he came out to visit and we got to do a ritual at this church somewhere, I don't even remember, somewhere in Pasadena, I think. And we set the floor on fire. You mean witches yes. set a church on fire? Yes, yes, yes. We set the floor on fire. I'm constantly uh, setting my sleeve on fire. The altar goes on fire. Shout out, Vinny. Oh, yeah, shout out to Vinny. Yeah, shout out to Papa Strega. Papa Strega, yeah. So I'm fire, fire follows me wherever I go. And I've had experiences with seeing visual fire, like lightning bolts, balls of fire rolling on the I ground. think the balls of fire was just her on acid, guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm not. I don't believe her. Not, don't believe her. That was one hell of a haunted house. Brian. That's all I got to say. <laughs> no, I'm not lying about that. I, I have seen how fire follows you around. I have absolutely seen it. And guys, I can't tell you how nerve wracking it is when you see Monica walk up into fucking ritual with these big ass bell sleeves. And you know, you know that the entire coven is going to be diving around that altar trying to save her from all of the candles. And she doesn't give a fuck. She's just like in there, just like, yeah, let's light this one and this one. And you just see like everyone is so like into it though. Like you just see hands come in and grabbing it and just like moving it out of the way. Like, I don't, do you know how often you almost die? Yes, like, do you, okay. I, I, I realize that, I know. Maybe that's why you're so psychic, because you've had so many near-death experiences <laughs> from this. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I've also seen you light a trash can on fire with an unlit match. Yes. I have seen yes. that. Mm -hmm. yes. She did that here. She did that at Green Man. Yeah, like... Oh, and, and what about that candle that just lit by itself at the ritual we were filming for um, Pacific Circle? 
Yeah, we did. We did a summer solstice ritual, and I feel like that's appropriate because it's summer solstice. It's all about fire. It's about the sun, and the goddess candle just wasn't lighting. And then all of a sudden, just boom, and it just came on. Talk about magic, right there. And we have it on film to prove it. A really fun thing about that ritual, I don't know if any of you guys have seen it or if it's like available to find somewhere. It may or may not be, but uh, Monica's a huge Beatles fan. And so she wanted the whole coven to make big like suns and there was going to be like a whole dancing bit to Here Comes the Sun, which is cool. But it also made me feel like I was like in kindergarten, you know, like at a school like musical. And I, I was kind of annoyed about the whole dancing bit. I don't know why it bothered me so bad, but I was like embarrassed, even though like I dance naked on stage, this bothered me, I don't know. Um, so I made my son, you know, and I, I danced and we did the whole thing. And then afterwards I said, Monica, do you like my son? I'm not very artistic, mind you. Like it looked like a kindergartner made it. And she's like, yeah, Sean, I really like it. It's very pretty. And I said, I'm really happy because I made it with my boobs. She did. She made it with her boobs. I painted my boobs and I made suns and that is what I used. Because I was like, if we're going to do this, we're doing it my way. I gave it to Fortuna afterwards. She really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys have a Fortuna altar or a money altar and you want to do some good juju, like give it some booby art. It was it was cool. It worked for me. It works. It works really well. So I feel like a lot of witches, I won't say all, but a lot of witches really do have like a lot of animals and you know, we're all very like in tune with them, right? We have 50 million cats, like most of them you don't see because they're all hiding. Like, you know what I mean? You go to your friend's house and you're like, are you sure you have a cat? Because I've been coming here for five years and I've never seen one. You know, we, we all know that one person. Um, but Monica has this very high maintenance dog named Bandit. My bandit man, my husband. Yeah, he is. He's like a very possessive husband. And I'm sure you guys have heard him on some of the episodes talking and giving his opinions and stuff like that. Um, And it's really interesting because when he has his fits, because he does, he has very strong opinions that turn into fits. If you just hold him up in the air, he stops. So I'm not even kidding. There is like one episode that Ricky sat there the entire time, just holding Bandit up in the air for us while we recorded. Because he would whine and moan and make sounds if not. But whenever you do ritual band, it's like really cool, right? And he'll just sit there and be like, yeah, this is fine. Everything's fine until anyone tries to hug or touch anyone else, in which case Bandit turns into like a vicious attack beast and has to just try and kill. He's this big. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. He's like Napoleon, seven pounds. Napoleon syndrome, for sure. But it just became like this thing like in ritual, like, you know, that he's going to be there and he's into the whole thing. Until the end, at which point he's there to just fuck some shit up. And then your other dog just takes off. He does. He's like, I'm out. He's a muggle. He doesn't care. No. He's all about Jesus. He's like, I I don't know what you you heretics are doing, but I'm not here for it. So, Monica, I've heard lots of magical stories about you because I am one of the people that's been fortunate enough to meet Vinny. Yes. And so, um, and Vinny's going to be here soon, so I'm sure I will get lots of more embarrassing and fantastic stories out of him. It's going to be great. I'm going to have so much blackmail. It's going to be amazing. Um, but did, did you want to share some stuff with us? Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, let's see. Which one should I share? Should I share my... my um, I want all of it. All of it. Spill. You know, um, I don't know if anybody has had any experiences with um, things or 
angels or anything appearing to you in the physical form, but I have, and I've had hap- it happen three times, and I'm due for another one. So this was, oh God, let's see, what year was this? 2003? 2003? What year are we in now? 2022, my God. 2003, and my daughter was having a baby, and she sent me to Subway to get a sandwich because she was craving. So I go to Subway, and it's this blustery, windy day. The winds are blowing like, like it's really like, like I guess the Santa Anas, the Santa Ana winds, I guess. I fucking hate wind. That's disgusting. That sounds awful. It's part of the, it's part of the path. Anyway, I go in, and I get the sandwich, and I'm coming out the door, and the door flies open and almost hits this little, I'm going to call her a little babushka lady because that's what she looked like. She was like really short. She had this black shirt and long black skirt and the handkerchief on her head, about this tall. And I apologized to her profusely. I'm like, I'm so sorry. That was not me. That was the wind. And she was like, it's okay, honey. And so I walk and walk up to my sandwich and she turns to me and she says, it's time. And I said, it's time for what? And she keeps waddling, walking. And she turns again and she goes, it's time. And I said, time for what? And I'm following this little woman down the street, right? I'm saying, what? It's time for what? What time? What? For what? What? And she says it one more time. It's time. And she cackled a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, and I stopped dead in my tracks, and I'm, the wind is blowing my hair around, and I'm like, what the heck? And I look up, and she's gone. Disappeared. Disappeared. That was definitely... A visitation. Okay, but what time was it? What was you it know for? What? To this day, I still don't know what the hell she was talking about. It was Modelo time. It was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> she just. I never figured out what time it was. Never figured out what the time was. When was the baby born? Was it like close to like baby time? Maybe no, it was like a month away. No, it wasn't even baby time, so it wasn't that. But I didn't know what it was time for. But has anybody had a visitation by an angel or an entity or anything like that? Over we there. We'll get to you in one sec, okay, Jeff? I was driving one morning on the way to work that night, and I always space out when I drive. Sorry, I'm Hey, do you want to actually come up here? Do you want to say it into the mic? Oh. Yes, come Yeah, on. like, come, come on. on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. There you go. Okay. Yep. Just like this. Morning on the way to work. This was back in the 90s. And I wasn't paying attention as usual. And um, I don't know what I was thinking about, but all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw uh, a face, it was a male, blonde hair, and he kissed me on the cheek. And I just, shit, I just pulled over. And I'm looking around my backseat, there's nobody there. Nobody there. Wow. So I had called this woman who read my cards on a regular basis, and I just called her and went, Elena, I gotta see you. She goes, yeah, fine, come by after work. So I told her what happened. And she just thought about it. She goes, you know, I think that was your guardian angel telling you, you know, don't worry about it. You're okay. Don't worry about it. They generally don't show themselves, but he seemed to think that you needed to see him for a moment. And I went, that was so freaking bizarre. That is terrifying and amazing. But he was pretty. Yeah. I mean, I would hope so. He was pretty. And I, but I just saw the face. You know. The divine should be hot, if you ask me. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for well, sharing you really that. have your uh, guardian angel working overdrive if you're not paying attention. 
<laughs> Do you have a story too? Do you want to come share it? I'm putting you in the hot seat. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll take it. We'll take it. Well, you know, when you hold it up like this. I was sleeping and just had that feeling that I was being watched. Usually it's the cat. But this time it wasn't the cat. I woke up and standing next to me was a woman. And um, it was the woman in white, but she had facial uh, features. It wasn't, you know, your typical blurred image. I, she's, and I closed my eyes and opened them again and she was still there. And um, just kind of had that expression of don't be afraid and I felt peaceful. It, it was different. It, it, I don't know how to explain it, but I just felt at peace. And um, I fell back asleep, and when I woke up, she was gone. Wow. That's a That's good a one, too. Oh, yeah. For sure. Very good. Thank you for sharing. And can I just say props to you for not just like freaking the fuck out that you just like wake up and there's someone in your room? Because oh, I feel like I don't know how I would handle that, but I don't feel like I would be nearly as graceful as you were. Like, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Well, I had one. I honestly think it, it was like an angel like visitation. And um, this happened probably in like 2010. I was on my way to work maybe a little maybe yeah 2010 or so i was on my way to work and i worked off santa monica boulevard in west hollywood at an animal hospital and i had such a piece of shit car at the time like it was basically a cardboard box on wheels and i was almost to work i was so close and the car fucking died in the middle of the street and it's santa monica boulevard so it was crazy and i throw my hazards on and there's a million cars behind me because apparently they just see both blinkers and think the car is going to split in two or something and I was like, you know what? I, I got to get out of the car before like I get hit. So, you know, I'm waiting for AAA and I'm kind of just standing there staring at my car and I'm just on the sidewalk. I'm like, I have no idea what to do right now. And, you know, no one could come and help me. And then all of a sudden there's this guy just like riding his bike down the sidewalk and he stops and he looks at me. He's like, is that your car? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, here, get in and I'll push it. We'll push it to the side. And there was actually like a parking spot, which if any of you guys have ever been to West Hollywood, you know that in itself is a fucking work of witchcraft so this guy helps me push it and then he just hops back on his bike and starts driving or riding back the way he came so he didn't even like continue to whatever place he was trying to go to and i was like oh my god thank you he's like i forgot my cape at home it's fine and he just went back the way he came and like you know it could have just yeah been like a good samaritan but it was just like he was just riding his bike till he found me and then he just went back home and it just had like it just came like literally was the answer to my prayers in that moment and it was everything that I needed and every time people start talking about like their experience with the divine and you know sometimes it's it's you know someone appearing in your bedroom in the middle of the night or someone being like girl please pay attention to the road smooch mooch um mine was a lot more mundane than that but I still do feel like it, it was an experience mm. what about like um dream visitations have you had those well, yeah, I've had dreams from my ancestors that have crossed over. They and I, I know everybody probably has had a dream like that where you lose someone and then you dream about them. And you know the typical thing is, 
hey, what are you doing here? You're dead. You know, something like that. That's what I was saying in my dream to my brother. And he just said, trust me, I'm always with you. That was, and that's what, that was it. And that is like, no, I can't, I'm a lie. I mean, I was going to say that's the only time I dreamt of him, but that would be a lie. No, I, I have dreamt of him, but not that one-on-one where they come to visit you. And that's where you get to see your loved ones again in your dream. So it, it is a blessing when that happens. Has anybody had a, that experience in here? Yeah. yeah. That might be a little personal. If you want to, you can. Yeah, cool. I'm Camille, and uh, mine was, I, when my father passed away, it was uh, 2010, and every so often he would come back, and at one point he came back and was a glittering figure in my dream, and he said, I have to move on now, but I was anticipating it being he was never going to come back and that he had transitioned to another realm, um, but at one point in time he came back just fairly recently, and there was a, a big house fire like an apartment complex on fire and he came in and he's like come on you have to come with me and I get in the pickup truck and we take off and he's basically saving me from whatever this destruction is going on and when he lets me out he's like don't be afraid and then I woke up so it's you know they say I've heard that you're not supposed to go with them when they ask you to go with him. At least he dropped you off. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you you so much for sharing. Well, I will say with my experience with the paranormal and stuff like that, um, when you dream of of your loved ones and you have that visitation, um, you will... My God. Okay. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay. We're struggling with microphones. I'm not going to put it down. I'm just going to hold it like this. Okay, go ahead. There you go. <laughs> when you dream of your loved ones, it does mean that they've crossed over. A lot of times I've had people come to me and ask, they're like, how do I know that they've crossed over? I'm worried about it or this and that. And I always say, like, if, have you dreamt about them? And they say, yeah. I'm like, and they weren't like freaking out and screaming for help. They're like, no, they just, they came to me in my dream. I'm like, there you go. They crossed over. That is the easiest way for spirits to communicate with you. And so that's something for all of you to think about too. Like if you want to have a conversation with one of your loved ones or even your spirit guide, when we're in our dream state, that is one of the easiest places. So before you go to sleep, you can ask for that. And sometimes it takes a while, but you can definitely get it. I will totally get into that because I have all sorts of stuff on odor, odors, odors and scents, scents, smelling things. So I will just kind of share on the topics of um, fathers visiting and stuff like that. My dad passed away, I think, in 2012. And um, right when he passed, I had like this little shelf in my bedroom with um, a picture of my cat that had died and my grandmother, his mom. And I, I would light it every day for them. So I added my dad to that and I started lighting a candle for him. And I got home from work one day and I lit the cats. I like grandma's went to go get dad's and his was already lit. And it was just really interesting because I know, and it's not like the wax was super wet and melty. So it had just lit itself. He's like, hey, I'm here. And I just felt really comforted in that moment. That was really exciting. And um, I had gone to psychics and mediums and stuff. I wanted to talk to him, right? Like he, he had died. So suddenly I'm like, hey, like we, we got to talk, dude. And he would send his dad instead every time. None of these people knew him. They didn't really know me. They're like, well, well, I'm not getting him, but I'm getting this guy named Bob. And like, 
I don't know if any of you guys do readings, but if you can just imagine your clients there and you say that, and then all of a sudden they start yelling at the person that you're supposed to be trying to communicate with. Cause I just got mad. I'm like, what the fuck dad? God, you're such a wimp. And I was, yeah, cause he kept doing it. So finally we had a seance here um, in October. We tend to have seances at Green Man and they're different kinds. They're called working seances. So it's like everyone gets to participate. And I was thinking in my head and I was like, all right, dad, you show up now or you don't show up at all. And I'm just not going to fucking bother. I'm not going to call you anymore. Fuck you. And all of a sudden, Griffin, who was leading the seance, he goes, oh, God, what stinks? What? And he starts going on about something. Small. He's like, who's saying pull my finger? <laughs> of course, like, you know, that's how my dad gets me from beyond pull my finger. Because I'm so dumb, dude. When I was a little kid, I would fall for that every time. I don't know why I thought <laughs> I would get a different response. But um, so odors and scents, like my dad was like, I hear you, I hear you. But um, it's not always farts, okay? Like <laughs> rest easy on that. Yeah, one can hope. Uh, a lot of times just like the scent of spirit, just like just in general, like a blanketed scent tends to be roses or something flowers, very floral. Flowers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or something like if they were smokers, they you could smell the cigar smoke or the pipe smoke or the cigarette smoke or their cologne or something like that. Yeah, that was my cue. Um, you know, my psychic ability came to me young as, as a child, but it would come in the form of dreams. I would have this dream, I would wake up, and it would happen. And every time it was, it was something bad. It was about someone dying. And I was like, I don't want this gift. Take it away. I don't want it. And then it changed. Thank the gods. It did change. But um, that's how it started for me in my dreams. So, But I know for sure that there's, there's several signs of spirit. Um Flashing lights, electronics, they try to get to you through electronics. They'll play some music, like if you're driving your car, the song that meant something to you guys would come on. And sometimes they come in the form of animals like uh, butterflies or dragonflies or birds. And I've even heard about people finding pennies, just like, yep. pe right? Pennies everywhere. And feathers as well. So there's different ways. Uh, but um, when I was just starting out, with my psychic ability, I would smell the smell of flowers, like carnations, I guess. And that was my cue. Guess what? Someone's going to cross over. And every single time, boom, there it was. Carnations have scents? Yeah, you right? don't remember? This is a carnation. Well, you know well, you know that smell from a funeral parlor. You know that funeral parlor's flower smell? Huh? No, not lilies. It's just a generic smell. It's carnations, right? Is it? Yeah, carnations. Oh, really? Oh. Okay, so like a special kind of carnation? That would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's how I knew that someone was going to cross. Watch me try and st stick my fucking head into a funeral home. Just <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> is mine. What's up? Well, this doesn't have to do with uh, someone coming to you that's been in my dreams. But um, I had a retired Very typical. You know, it's funny because we get new nurses in and we tell them, well, so-and-so's going to die tonight. Well, how do you know? Because she's talking to her dead husband. And they went at this like we're crazy. And they'll say, make sure we open a window. And with another, they go, what the fuck are you talking about? 
I've heard that a lot and there's actually been times that I've gone um, to do house cleansings or paranormal investigations where there was an elderly person in the home that was at in-home hospice care and um, you know the people would say oh well you know all of a sudden there's all this spirit activity and you know they would kind of go through like your list of -of run-of-the-mill hauntings and talk about that. And then eventually they they would show me around the house and they'd be like, and you know, you'd see like the hospital bed and the IV pole and you'd go, okay, well, what's going on here? And they're like, well, you know, my aunt's here and she's in hospice and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, your aunt's the one bringing in the spirits. Your home isn't haunted. Like your aunt's in hospice. She's half in, half out. And they go, oh, well, is, is that why she's always talking to people? Yeah. And this has happened on more than one occasion. So like, that's absolutely true. Monica, you had an experience kind of like that with, um, your hospital roommate after your your knee surgery you had the screaming lady that was always screaming for her husband yeah she was crazy <laughs> she was crazy she was absolutely because he wouldn't answer her was she was, getting mad no, he would she would say she, this was the, the, the i can't even tell you the experience i have one crazy lady on my left and one crazy on the right and I'm in the middle, and they would scream at each other. But this one over here, she always kept on saying, my husband, my husband, I want my husband. He's dead. He's dead. Where is my husband? I want my husband. This one would say, shut up, you bitch. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. One, and I kid you not, I never heard this before in my life, but this one over here, she was like kind of paralyzed, I think, from the, the neck down or something. I don't know. But this one over here was aggravating her so much. This woman said, "That's after she said this, I had my room changed. goes, May, what was that? May the, someone's golden. May uh, the devil's golden uh, pitchfork. Someone's golden pitchfork. Fuck you up the ass. <laughs> I said, I'm out. I got to change my room. This isn't, it's insane. Yeah, remember I, that? I remember that. And I was actually, I was here at work and Monica's <laughs> texting me. And at first it's just like these really like vague texts. And I'm like, well, Monica must be on like that fucking good pain medicine at the hospital right now. Okay. <laughs> And then she starts going on and on, and I'm sitting downstairs with the owners. I'm like, oh, that's Monica. How's she doing? I'm like, well, her roommate keeps screaming about her dead husband. And, like, of course, it's, like, you know, us, and we're witches. So they're like, well, did Monica find him for her? (laughs) No, I did not. That was very rude of you, Monica. (laughs) Very rude. Hey, and the room I went to wasn't any better, so that's all right. I, I've had a lot of crazy uh, paranormal experiences and different things like that. And um, I apparently just really love to be afraid because when people are like, oh, you're a ghost hunter, you must be so brave. Fuck no. I'm not fucking brave. I'm scared of the dark, guys. I love my phone. It has a flashlight. And you can ask Ricky, I won't even go into our bedroom if it's dark. I have that fucking flashlight out and I'm doing this through our entire house. Like, I don't do it. And um, we were at a prison at an abandoned women's prison in LA and we were in not no no Ricky's even worse than I am like when it comes to Ricky just nopes right out he won't he's like no no (laughs) homie don't play that game go ahead but we were like setting up and we were in like the the isolation place so they had like these tiny little cells with like it's like this cement thing that I guess was supposed to be the bed and a toilet and that's like all that was in here and so like we were getting ready to set up in here and I was with the group so I felt okay you know and I had my little little head flashlight I was like I'm safe this is good and then someone's like hey Shauna like we forgot like the REM pod like down the hall can you get it I was like yeah for sure and I walked out and I just stood there because it was so dark 
And I don't know what it is about abandoned places, but there's fucking pigeons everywhere. All of them. Every single one. You can fucking guarantee it. And so, like, you could just kind of, like, hear something, like, flop. Yeah. And making noises. And I'm like, is it a bird? Is it a demon? I don't fucking know. And finally, someone came out. They're like, hey, so did you get that thing? I'm like, no. And I'm not going to. And I just walked back in. That was actually a pretty crazy experience, though, to kind of walk through this prison. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have, you know, gone to jail, whatever, um, or like been to like Alcatraz, you know, to kind of get like you get the feel of what it's like. And they're weird. Right. Um, and so we started at like upstairs and it was um, like the the shoe, I guess, where everyone went when they were in trouble. And like that was all pretty clean, save for like the massive amounts of pigeons and pigeon shit. And then the second floor was like the hospital. So we got to go and check that out too, which was super creepy because I don't know what it is about abandoned hospitals specifically, but they love to just like leave like chart papers everywhere and just scattered. And there's just something so creepy about that. Um, and they had like the check-in sheet with like all the inmates and why they were there. But when we went down to like the main floor where all the cells were, it was really interesting that each cell kind of had its own energy, you know, and there's people on the team that I was with that were not intuitive at all. And like they could even see it. And you could see like in one, someone like just started writing poetry and like the entire like wall was just covered in poetry and it got weirder and weirder as it went. But um, we all ended up splitting up because it was a really big place. So I was with one other person. So we had our own little cell block to check out. And I had these really cool vibration sensitive lights that were like that big. And they just looked like these little plastic thingies. And if you like put it on a table and like bang on the table, they would they would light up from the movement. So we like kind of had them around and we could start hearing one of the doors just slamming. And I was getting so annoyed because one of the people that we were with is just notoriously loud and that's not what you do when you're ghost hunting you're supposed to be quiet so I was getting fucking mad and I went to go find it him and yell at him and make things louder and I heard the gate slam like right next to me and we found it and it was just this this cell door and it wasn't moving it was totally stuck and this was a relatively modern prison all things considered so it was like on an electric thing so you couldn't just pull the door closed we tried and we were yanking on it nothing was happening so we got the lights and we got all the things and we like this thing should have lit up like it was Christmas and we just sat there and, and watched and then finally you just heard it and you heard it slam right in front of our faces and not one of those fucking lights moved like that thing did not move at all it was just the sound and me calm and collected I grabbed onto my partner so hard I was like what the fuck just happened I was so freaked out but it was it was pretty amazing like it was a really thrilling experience all the same I really want to take Monica on a ghost hunt guys no thank you I lived in I lived in a haunted house when many 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 years when I first got married I was very young I was 18 and uh, back in New Jersey and we looked at this old Victorian house and and she rented it to us and that's when the fun began. It was like my husband was a musician, so he would just leave me in this house and go to, to band practice or whatever. But it sat on top of a hill on top of a overlooked a cemetery, right? So um, I was petrified. It just felt weird in this house. And I had a cat there too, and he would just be chasing everything that wasn't there all the time. But um, strange things started happening. I mean, we were just newlyweds. We didn't have a lot of money. 
so in our bedroom there was a brass bed and a table with no drawers or anything, just legs. And so one night I took off my glasses at the point and I put down on the table and it fell, fell on the ground. I searched for it, couldn't find it. Next morning, gone, never to be found again. Money went missing, jewelry went missing, never to be found again. And, I would, and my husband would blame me. Why are you taking this? Why are you doing? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not taking it. No, you wouldn't believe me. So it, 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 it got worse and worse. I would call friends over, come over there, well, come over and visit me, come on over and visit me. And we, yeah, please, just come over and just hang out with me. So we'd be sitting in the living room and, and someone who was not psychic or into anything like this, she would say, I just saw a figure walk across the, I was like, yeah, I know. And I said, is it white or is it black? Because if it's black, it's bad. And as soon as I said that, all the lights in the house went out. And I was like, <laughs> we jumped on each other. That was it. But this is the place where I saw visual fire. Um, I saw balls of fire rolling on the floor. I saw sparks of lightning over people's head. We were going to a beetle fest, uh, and we had these people coming over to meet us. Never been to the house, never knew them, never met them before. And my husband, cover your ears if you're not into weed, um, was rolling a joint. And... <laughs> Oh, Monica, okay. you bad girl. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so back in the day, if anyone remembers, we, you know, you used to smoke the whole plant. You just didn't smoke the buds, right? So he's like growing. He's got the seeds <laughs> popping and everything. And he's you don't like trying fuck. to get the seeds out of it, you know, and he has this album called, and he bends down to do it, and a bolt of lightning flashes over his head. And this girl who was never in my house, I didn't even know her. She said, oh my God, did you see that? And I said, what did you see? She said, it's a lightning. I said, so did I. And so. that was just like your average Wednesday yeah, here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just like every single, I was so scared to be in that house alone. And he would leave me there all alone with French doors in the bedroom and you know, overlooking the cemetery. And so one day I decided I'm gonna make a cake. It's daytime. I'm like, what can go wrong, all <laughs> <laughs> right? So there's the clock on the wall, and you know, you know, beat two minutes on this speed, and then uh, so I look at the clock, it says one o'clock, okay, two minutes, and I'm beating, and be, I look up, it says 5.05. I said, what? I put my head down, beat, look up, 7.30. I said, okay, something's wrong with this clock. I call my mother, mom, there's something wrong with this clock. Take it down, let uncle look at it, he'll fix it for you. I said, okay, brought it to uncle, nothing wrong with the clock. I was like, okay, that's a little sign that something's happening in this house. This yes. is a really, this is totally besides the point. <sighs> but um, like how everyone says, like, don't like over knead your dough. Like, how, how funky did that cake taste after like all that? Like, I gotta know. Yeah, it was pretty shitty, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my cat used to like be jumping up the wall, jumping up the wall at things. One time, this is crazy, 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 but this is true. I swear it's true. I'm sitting in the living room. We had this room that we called the music room. And all of a sudden, I start hearing African drumming. You know, drumming. I'm like, what the hell? Some, how did the radio come on or whatever? As I'm coming in to the room, my cat is coming from another direction. And we meet in the middle, and it stops. And I was like, I want to move now. Could we move, please? We eventually did move because people would see things all the time. It was scary as hell. Did anybody ever live in a haunted house? Don't recommend it. Yeah. You did? I did. Yes. I lived in a haunted house that was haunted by a serial killer. 
Oh, oh wow, God. that's haunted. Haunted by that serial killer. Yeah, do you, can you share? Oh, All right. my God. Oh, my God. We're getting haunted and true yeah. crime. Um, so you're so gonna hold it up like this. Oh, sorry. Thank I you so much. A lot of different experiences in this house. Um, Where was it? It was in Pasadena. Oh. It was a craftsman bungalow <laughs> that was built in 1912. Um, and it turns out, actually, the serial killer lived next door. The serial killer did not live in the house in which I lived, but there were three houses on the lot. Oh. So he lived on the lot. Yeah, in the 60s, apparently. Oh. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of things happened. Um, when I first moved in there, I was, you know, like saging everything and cleaning everything. And I opened the closet and I saw, you know, this, um, this mask. And I mean, it wasn't like, you know, the first time I'd ever seen spirits. So I was like, okay, thanks, bye, you know. <laughs> That's kind of my attitude, I have boundaries. Anyway, so. <laughs> You have to, right? This is true. Anyway, um, so then, you know, just things would happen all the time. Um, I would constantly hear somebody in the kitchen at night. I thought it was my cats, you know, because the um, cupboards were a little loose. Um, and my boyfriend was spending the night one night, and he goes, oh, my God, that's ghosts. And I'm like, no, it's the cats. And he's like, um, they're sleeping right here at our feet. So, yeah, and I was like, well, I guess it's ghosts, huh? <laughs> but um, things like, oh, my CD player, okay, because it was back when. Um, so my CD player would just turn on all by itself. And I even unplugged it, okay? It would particularly like to turn on when I was in the bathtub. Oh. Yeah. So. That's kind of um, creepy. <laughs> I know. Wow. Right? Yeah. And I kept getting this feeling like, you know, that this, a, a feeling of like being watched. a killer. Yeah, there was the mm. being watched up. But I kept, just kept getting this feeling of being a killer. And my friend came over um, from San Diego, and she's a witch, and she's like, because I, I was telling her, you know, oh, I, I woke up with bruises. Yeah. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah, there was like this big bruise on my chest, oh, and it wow. looked like somebody had just, and like these big claws, oh, that God. clawed down my chest. Um, so I was telling my friend about it in San Diego. She comes up and, and she gets up on my porch and she's like, there's bones under this house. Oh. And I'm like, really? I'm like, you feel that? She's like, yeah, but they're like towards the front. Okay, so then I finally, okay, oh, my, there's a lot of stuff that happened, so it's hard to. <laughs> yeah. Um, then finally, um, my niece came and stayed the night and um, she was attacked oh, in the bedroom and I said okay enough you know it's been just me and everything and I can handle things but I'm gonna call somebody in and I called in past you know par paranormal excuse me and you can actually hear they got some really good reads for um, yes thank you um, <laughs> yeah they got like some really really solid stuff um, one was a woman saying it's cold here um, when I said um, they were uh, videotaping me, and um, <clears throat> I actually said, uh, you know, they were asking me, what do you want to happen? And I'm like, that whoever this is, and I feel like it's a guy, needs to get the heck out of my house, right? Because I've done like everything, I've done every spell, I've done this, 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 and that, and the other thing. And um, you can hear, no, Kim. Wow. 
really, and, and they had re recorders all over the house. And then that showed up on every recorder. Dude, oh, wow. Who is the, who really the serial killer? Does he have a name? So, uh, no, you know what? We never got his name. Oh. Um, but here's what happened. So I, you know, they came, they did the investigation, and then I had a dream about a serial killer next door. They were doing construction next door, and I didn't know because it was like in a basement. And I went and I looked over there. There's a basement. And I could tell it was like a, more like a fruit cellar. I asked the guys who were working, and they're like, oh yeah, it's really creepy down there. It's nothing but dirt. Wow. I'm like, that's a fruit cellar. They're like, yeah, okay. So, and I, I, the dreams were like, you know, that he was killing people, um, torturing women. Yeah. So then, <laughs> I know, um, this medium came over and she goes, okay, I don't want to freak you out. I'm like, what? And she's, I think whoever's hiding is a serial killer. I'm like, yeah, tell me something I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. Well, and that was then, confirmation anyway. Yeah, but I got triple confirmation because um, these workers found these keys under the under my um, shed and they brought them to me and you could tell they were like from the 60s. Um, so one of the paranormal investigators gave them to one of the mediums that had never been to my house and she didn't tell him where they were from and he, I mean, he described my whole house, the whole thing. And then he says, I get that somebody was killing somebody in a basement. You know, I'm going to be Googling serial killers from Pasadena <laughs> all night now. I did it. Let me tell you, I did so much investigation on that house. But yeah, so, but to end the story, we ended up having a seance. And then we were able to help all the victims cross over. Um, yeah, which was really cool. Because what we figured out was he was actually um, doing like these rituals when he was killing them because it was like he wanted this eternal youth and then he was staying here based on their energy and he was keeping them trapped here. And we were, we were able to break that, so. Uh, yeah. Did you ever move out of there? Yes, shortly after that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I kept trying right. to do it, but I couldn't move. I had to do that. Yeah. It was a deal. Wow. Anyway. Thank well, thank you. Thank you so much thank for you. sharing. That's insane. <laughs> All right, right. Oh my God. Yeah, really yes, 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 yes. Do you have a, a quick story for us, Jeff? Yeah, uh, I've seen like a light being in a, a light being a light ship. I call it my Lido, light, light though. Instead of a shadow, a light though. Mm -hmm. Of course, I saw like a whole ship of light because like a spirit in the form of a creation light ship is one of my main guardians. Plus, solid light beings that are general. Plus, I see like two shadow figures. One shadow figure when I was watching TV in the living room, it was like walking by the, it was walking by the drapes, hugging the drapes near me. I, I, I calmly called it the, the clowns of reality, and I didn't freak out at all. But the shadow figure was just like crawl, like went simply went past, didn't hurt me or anything. And I saw like a lot. And when I woke up in my bed, I saw this other this other shadow figure jump jump over me like I was like in a force field. Oh, boy. oh wow! You're yeah, yeah, you've definitely protected. Thank you so much it's for sharing, Jeff. I like it. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Awesome. Wow. All right. Well, I, I we're gonna like segue away from paranormal now, but I mean, I feel like ghosts and witches kind of go hand in hand because I think it's yeah. just something like you know we're just a little extra sensitive with those kinds of things. But um, yeah. For I sure. got to bring Ricky in on this. He's like, I don't do paranormal. 
I don't I don't do ghosts. And for the most part he really he really doesn't, but I remember when I first started um, my ghost hunting career, he actually came with me and a group of people on an investigation and um, it was actually in Pasadena cuz Pasadena is creepy the as hub, fuck. The hub for like it, it obviously really is. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, like Pasadena is insane as far as like if you guys want to go like try and find some haunted shit, just go to Pasadena. Like you you will find it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we were in this um place that has it has a lot of rumors around it and a lot of it's it's in Los Angeles urban legend at this point and it's a really fantastic one. Um and that's its own story because there's so much to it. But there is a rumor that two children were um, miss- went missing from there. Three. I'm sorry that there's three. That first off, when this bridge was being built over the area, that one of the construction workers was actually a serial killer and killed a child and, like, supposedly buried her bones in the bridge. It's all allegedly. We're not sure if it's real. Um, and then there's a story that a little kid was at a hiking trail and like ran around the corner and then just disappeared. And they had you know, the helicopters and the dogs and everything and couldn't find this kid. And then another story very similar to that where this kid was at a summer camp, kind of just walked up ahead and just disappeared. UFOs. You got to go there with it, right? I'm sorry. Okay. That's what I, I think. You guys know how I feel about aliens in space. I don't <laughs> fuck with that. Maybe this is at the Devil's Gate Dam? Yes. Yeah, that was on TV. Okay, all right. So we were there. Well, that kid talked to Ricky. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> Ricky doesn't even remember. He's like, so much weird shit has happened to me being married to your stupid ass. I just blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we like brought a bunch of trigger objects. And so since I knew that there was going to be kids, I brought a bunch of candy and I like, you know, all the bait in Ricky's backpack because fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) and so we're like at this area and like we start getting all these hits on our k2 on our rem pod and all these things and we're like okay is there like is this the spirit of the little kids do you want to talk to us blah 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 and through the ghost box it says Ricky and we're like oh do you want the candy and it's like yes Ricky and then I'm like oh Ricky like you have the candy and so he's like if you want the candy, kill my flashlight, and boom, it went out. That's spirit for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true ghost. story. True story. That one was really exhilarating. That one didn't freak me out, probably because my name isn't Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, I do think that spirits and and witchcraft do go hand in hand with I things so. like that. I think so. But when you do work with spirits, like when you are working with witchcraft, but not, I mean, you could work with ghosts, I guess, but I feel like it definitely has a different vibe. And, you know, I think one thing that a lot of us do is we have an affinity for skulls, for crystal skulls, right? Like we're like crystal skull hoarders and they're all our friends. Um, And I talk to them and I have one that I work with very closely. And this little skull is like an attention whore, right? Like it loves being on camera. It loves like just being in the mix of everything. And I left it here once. I left it downstairs. And it was in this, like, little hidey hole where you would never be able to see it. And the store was closed because we had, like, Superman filming here or something like that. And it was really cool, like, when we got to see how they did the store up. Like, it was unrecognizable. It was super cool. But the next day I came in and everything looks completely back to normal except my skull is out on the altar. And I'm like, why, why is this here? Why, is, why are people touching my witchcraft? Don't touch my shit. What's happening? And I'm like... 
kind of like frazzled about it and then um, one of our one of the co-workers that we have was you know babysitting the store like while it was turned into a set she's like oh yeah like one of the cameramen just randomly walked over and grabbed her and like used her as a prop because i told you she likes being like on camera she's like i'm back here come get me (laughs) like i was just like okay i can't even be mad like that's cool but i love how this dude like just so unassumingly just like communicated with the spirit he had no fucking clue like it kind of goes to show you everyone's at least a little bit psychic like it's it's totally there it just some people just don't recognize it don't touch the witch's stuff don't touch witch's stuff don't touch anything in a witch's house don't touch anything at a witch store because you don't know if it's a spell or reward and it's happened so many times that people just like, like touch your stuff, and that's a big gripe of mine. Do not touch my shit. Do you have like a weird spell, like a weird thing that you have just kind of like hanging out? That's like everyone's like, "What the fuck is this?" And you're like, "It's my most powerful witchcraft. Yeah. Leave it alone. <laughs> Don't touch it." But what you know, is it? Is it like a crumbled up napkin? It, right, it could be something as simple as that. But I want to know, like, what's yours? Uh, like, what's your weirdest witchcraft? Like, oh what's God, like some weird think. shit? You put me on the spot. I have no idea. I have no idea what my weirdest thing is. I, I have love. No putting her on the spot yeah i love it yeah especially when i'm drinking here <laughs> can i just say i'm really oh, proud juicy, of you look at juicy she juice man so much of it too i'm spinning i don't know about you guys but i'm spinning over here Ooh. yeah i need more vodka right? All right but you know guys i just wanted to mention that very soon talking about spirit and spirit contact we are coming into a time and it starts around the, the third or fourth week in September, and it goes to like the second week in November, where the veil becomes very thin between the living and the dead, and there is uh, an opportunity for more contact uh, with your ancestors. So, you know, do an ancestral altar, and you probably have, like have more dreams and more visitations during that time because the veil is so thin. So that's our opportunity to you know to to make contact with our ancestors. So, yeah. Speaking of dreams and the spirits and all of these fun things, um, you know, one of the things about being a witch and being pagan, while it's not required, it's definitely something a lot of us do, is we work with different deities. And um, it's always really interesting. I love hearing who people work with because it, sometimes it'll surprise you. And I love it because sometimes I'm like, I have no idea who that is. Tell me more. And so it's always fun because I feel like I'm meeting some, like, new person all the time. Um but I had the weirdest, it's not a weird dream, it was a very profound dream. And um, it started, at, like I was asleep in my bedroom and it's like I could see myself sleeping, but there was this giant white goat with these like giant horns like on my pillow, like where my cat should be. And it, it was like whispering in my ear and I wish I could remember what it was saying, but it woke me up. It, it, it woke dream Shauna up. And so I, I woke up and I, I looked at it and I was like, you woke me up and it's like, it's okay, go back to sleep. And I was like, you're Lucifer. And it just felt so like nice though, like so like secure and warm, like like warm honey. Like it was the best feeling ever. And I'm not talking about Lucifer as in the devil. I'm talking about Lucifer as in the light bringer as the Roman deity. And I've never really worked with Lucifer that much, especially up to this point. Like, you know, like I knew who he was and stuff, but that was about as far as it went. But um he said, go back to sleep. And he just kept talking to me. And I'm like, okay, because it was this like the safest I think you could ever possibly feel like. I've never felt that safe and secure in my life as I did in that dream. It was like a really profound and beautiful feeling. And so I went back to sleep. Shauna went back to sleep. And then sleep Shauna woke up. And I went into my front yard. And then there was three goats. There was the giant white one. There was Lucifer. And then there was this miniature white one that... I knew it was a girl, but I didn't know anything else. So it was, must have been like a goddess, right? 
And then there was this little black one that kind of looked like a pygmy goat and it had this like little white spot on its forehead. And I remember it let me like pick it up and cradle it like a baby. And it told me its name. And I just remember that it started with an M and I kept mispronouncing it. And it was like, that's not how you say it. I'm like, I'm sorry. And then we had to go um, pick Ricky up from work in my dream. And Ricky was in Malibu and I all of a sudden had a pickup truck. So I just loaded my divine goats (laughs) into the pickup truck and I went to Malibu and I was like sitting in the parking lot of the animal hospital waiting for Ricky. And there was this like, dark like hooded figure it looked like a shadow figure like with like a sweatshirt on or something with a hood on i was like oh fuck like stranger danger and i was really nervous and then like lucifer goat was like you're okay you're safe with me and that was that was my dream crazy dream and i think what really kind of let me know like it was a spirit visitation rather than just my like really insane imagination was like the emotions and the feelings that were coming with it because it was just so overpowering and like saturated with love with safety with all of these things that you just like i don't really experience that in dreams very much that was like my tell Mm. have you ever had a dream like that Mm -mm. any of you guys ever had any kind (laughs) of like spirit visitation from the divine one thing i have is like i've watched a lot of old movies and i saw like proof of shape-shifting reptilians that are actors like they have a lot of pictures on we'll talk about that after this okay of course awesome so what stories do you have for us of like ritual mishap how about that other than setting yourself on fire all the time (laughs) well what about this is what i like to do uh once in a while and i've done it many times and i'm really good at it when someone new is coming into the coven for the first time um and you know, if anybody's been to a ritual or a Wiccan ritual or any other Celtic ritual, there's usually a time for cakes and, and wine or cakes and ale. And uh, at that point, I would, after we ate some cakes and drank some wine, I would just turn to one of my coven sisters or brothers and say, would you please bring in the ritual baby for the rit- ritual sacrifice? And I do it with a straight face and you should see the new people, they're like, they're terrified. They're fucking terrified right and I'm, then I like I'm only kidding you know because that's what that's what we're supposed to be doing right as witches the, we have no, a we bad really, we have a bad name right we really missed our mark with that because we had a new girl come to ritual with us and I have a baby I yeah I don't brought, understand I mean, why really, they didn't like, take it out scared the shit out of her and I Damn thought it. about it afterwards like, me no. too it's too late though but I love seeing their faces it's worth every second of that I didn't do that in the class though with you guys I just got done teaching a Wicca 101 class. That was a great class, by the way. They, they were, like, amazing. So, yeah, they were really good. So, Well, I want to take this time to open it up for any kind of yes. Q&A. Like, right here. Yes. So how did we come to witchcraft and how did we know that it was our journey? Monica, take it away. You know, uh, it was really, I was born and raised a Catholic because that's where my parents put me. I think everybody was Catholic at one point, right? But anyway, um, yeah, I just felt very uncomfortable in church when, when everybody was there. I could go in there when no one was there and I was okay, but it just never felt right. I was always in nature. I would dance around the trees as I became a teenager without knowing what I was doing, I'd look into the sky, I'd see the full moon, and I'd go out and I'd gather 
leaves from bushes and stuff and I would encircle myself in these leaves and I would place my candles accordingly and I was doing it without knowing what I was really doing. It was just going through the motions. And then finally, I, you know, when I was old enough, I started studying and realized I've always been a witch ever since I was a little kid. So that's how I knew. I just knew I was different. We're, we're definitely different, for sure. We don't fit in with the mundane people. And like, we gather with the birds of a feather that flock together, for sure. Yeah, that's how I knew. How did you know? Kind of the same. I started reading tarot when I was really young. I got really lucky that, like, my mom just let me be weird. And she's just like, sure, like, you want to, like, talk to ghosts and imaginary friends? That's fine. Here's some tarot cards. Sure. Um, and then I wanted, like, witchcraft books and stuff. So she would get me, like, little spell books and stuff. And it was funny because she would get them for me. And my grandmother was really into, like, using pendulums. And if you lost something, she'd give you her dowsing rods and tell you to find it. But then when it came to the spell book, she'd be like, up your ass. Like, don't you go worshiping the devil now. And I'm like, <laughs> where's the line? Where's the fucking line? Um, and I, you know, at the time I didn't really think about, it, but like, again, like my, like, you know, I love Jesus. I'm scared of witchcraft and, you know, devil worship grandmother every full moon would walk around the house with a fucking bag of potatoes. And she'd be like, do you got a wart you need to get rid of? And she'd be like super like adamant about it. And she like, like insisted one time on showing me. I'm like, what is this? And so she's like, if you ever have a wart, you cut the potato in half and you rub it on, on, on there and you put it back together and you have to bury it. And she like drug me outside and like made me dig this fucking hole for a potato, which by the way, I didn't even have a wart. This was just like a, a practice potato. <laughs> and she's like, you have to look at the moon and you have to say by the dark of the night, by the light of the moon, I wish this wart away. I wish it away soon. And like, it just always stuck in my head because I was like, you are so fucking weird, you know? <laughs> and then as I got older, I eventually realized, I'm like, oh shit, like that was, that was witchcraft, that was folk magic. And then I did end up getting a wart that like on my finger and nothing would fucking get rid of it. I tried like the freeze off stuff and it would just come back. So finally I'm like, where the fuck is that potato? Like, <laughs> I mean, business. And you know what guys, it worked. It worked and there's this part of me, you know, I took biology in college. So there's this part of me that I'm like, what is the chemical reaction that's breaking this down? Like, this can't be real. Is this real? But I don't know. It works. I don't know what that is. But um, so, yeah, I was just always doing spells and weird things like that. And then as I got older, I was just like, I want to, like, learn more. I, I want to be, like, a real witch. And so I started formally studying witchcraft. And then I found the Green Man store. And here, here I am. Yeah, it's funny because my friend said to me, this is back east, of course, he found this metaphysical store, do I want to go? Because I wanted a crystal so bad. I wanted a crystal to wear. So I said, yeah, I want to go. I was really excited. And I've heard this from so many people. I walked into the door, I stepped in, and I looked around, and I said, I'm home. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You, you know you're just home. I think it's a calling, just like the Catholic priests and nuns get called to that duty, whatever. I think it's a calling. I really do, so that's my belief. Does anyone else have any questions? Yeah, please, ask away. Come on, Diane, you know how you have a question. I just wanted to laugh about the potato, because yeah. I was familiar with that, too. My brother had a wart, and my aunt asked my mother for some raw hamburger. Oh. And she wished it away. Oh. <laughs> okay, so apparently and wart magic is a thing. So I don't know. Mm. 
interesting. I guess wart magic is the thing. We just had someone say that, that they knew somebody that got rid of a wart with raw hamburger. Well, I'm going to go with the potato. It just sounds like less gross. <laughs> yeah. You know, we got vegan spells. Yeah, plus Ricky wants to eat the hamburger meat. Like, I wouldn't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the question is, how do you find a coven? Well, there used to kind of be a coven, Zara's. There used to be this really cool site called Witchbox where you could really um, kind of type in your location and where you were going and find covens that had, like, listed themselves there. So that was a really great way to do it. But the thing about covens is that there are so many different traditions of magic. So you'll get traditional covens, strega covens, groups of druids, wiccans, all these different things. So the first thing that you should really do is find public rituals being put on by different working groups or different covens and attend them and see like what calls to you, what works. Because you might walk into a ritual and be like, nope, absolutely not. I do not fuck with this. And then you know like, okay, that one wasn't for you. It didn't speak to your spirit. But once you find one, like a, after going to a couple of rituals and you vibe with it and similarly go to classes and things like that, um, then you can kind of like get to know the teacher, get to know the people and kind of just go from there. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, well, I mean, when I first moved here, I was like a fish out of water because I just left it like a very strong coven back east. I was who I was the high priestess for and I was just like, I was so lost when I came here. So I found the psychic eye excuse me, the psychotic eye. And, <laughs> and I walked in and I just kind of like very quietly said to the person behind the counter, do you know of any groups or covens in the area that I can get in touch with? And they said, what? What are you talking about? I was like, wrong place, leaving. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard. It's just, just go to public rituals. If there are public rituals of different paths, go experience them. That's the best way to feel it out. And then if it's something that resonates with you, go appro approach the high priest or high priestess and see what their protocol is. That's what I would do. Monica, we have um, a question from one of our folks online that says, other than tea leaves, what types of readings do you do? That's it. I'm a tea leaf queen. That's the only thing I do. She is. She is a tea leaf queen. I do. People say tarot. Well, nope. You know, no. But it's not, a, you're selling yourself a little short, but I don't know how you could necessarily list mashed potato readings. That's scrying. But, well, that's what tea leaves are. Monica scries. She is the scrying queen. And if you guys have ever taken a class with her, like, she really unlocks it with you. And, you know, speaking of that, I was looking at my bedspread yesterday, and I looked down, like, you know how, like, you can just, like, see the threads, right? It made a fucking face. <laughs> And I was looking at this guy's face and I was like, I don't know who you are. Why are you in my bedroom? And I like just like rubbed it to try and make and then another one popped up. And so I just left the room. I just said, fuck it. <laughs> but <laughs> I just gave up. But you do like only offer tea leaf readings as your service, but yes. you do scry anything and everything, and I've seen you do it. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun to scry because yeah, Bricky's actually really good at scrying, too. Yeah, there's some too. people that are just naturally good at it, but, you know, I'm never bored. I can just walk down the street, and you look at a tree, you look at the sidewalk, you look at the ceiling, you look at the sky, and there's always something to scry. So that's what I teach in my scrying class. This one lied to me because I'm, I'm so, like, you are going to see by the time you leave my class, one way or the other. 
if I have to sit there and point every little detail out, you're going to get it. And she did. She came up. She's like, do you see it? Like, eye, eye, nose, mouth, ear. And I'm I don't fucking know. It's like a blob of wax. And every class, she'd be like, do you see blah, blah, blah. And, like, and I, I didn't really know her that well at the time, but I really liked her. And so I, like, I wanted to see it, you know? <laughs> And so I was like, yeah, I totally see this. Absolutely. Well, the only time that you did see something in class, and this was hilarious, um, one of my my friends took the class with me, and he also knows Monica, and he's also a little hoe. And so she had us doing this, like, um, wax grind where we would, like, drip candle wax into water. And, guys, his candle wax straight out formed a dick. (laughs) There was no scrying required. It was just boom and he was like yeah all right but like i saw that one like that one i don't have to lie about everyone saw that but you know i just so i kind of got through the rest of class you know and i just couldn't really scry and i went home and told ricky about it and like he just like really naturally did it so that was kind of cool but then months later i was walking down the street and i just saw this tree and in the trunk you could see the goddess like you could see her curves you could see her arms over her head you could see her breath like the fucking goddess was in this tree and I was like oh my god like this is the most magical thing and I took a picture and I didn't have Monica's um, phone number at the time so I hauled ass to green man and luckily she was here and I came upstairs I was like Monica I saw this tree and the goddess was there I shot her she's like okay like yeah and I was like well I've never seen anything before and she's like what do you mean you haven't seen anything (laughs) yeah but now I see stuff all the yeah, time. Like, yeah. once you unlock it. It's really fun. It's, you'll, you'll never be bored. That's for sure. You'll never be bored, for sure. What recommendations do you have for people? Because now you guys are going to start to look for it. Next time you guys have mashed potatoes or anything, you're going to start to try and see shapes and, like, go, like, cloud scry, you know? Like, Clouds. go do these Everybody's things. Everybody's yeah. done that, right? Yeah. You want to scry? Yeah. Oh, here, we're going to scry some I'm sugar. Scry. Oh, God. Okay. Sugar. It's sugar from the, from the grapes. It's Let's say. I see the McDonald's arch. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have McDonald's, McDonald's for dinner. Okay. <laughs> now, actually, what I'm seeing here, I'm seeing a goose. And what goose actually means is you're about to affix yourself to a new path, a new journey, in which you're going to see very clearly where you're going, no view obstructed. And they want you to uh, go back to your childhood and think about the stories that fascinated you the most. That's what goose, and it's the written word to writing. You're supposed to be writing something. Okay, but guess what? We all shared something from there. From oh, yeah, wow. So that's for you guys. Yeah. For the right whole group. So. Okay, okay. Did so. you have something from there, too? Yeah, you So that's for all of you, so yeah. Of what do you see? You okay, so it was the three of us. Is it the goddess, Shauna? <laughs> What's I'm telling you, it's the McDonald's arch, guys. It's McDonald's um, for dinner. Actually, no, I see I see a dog. I see a Doberman specifically. Um, so just like I'm gonna just kind of go with this one intuitively. Uh, this wouldn't be this is protection. Like you do have a lot of protection around you and you need to employ that protection. So like talk to your protection spirits and stuff like that. Other thing is like make sure that you're on top of your taxes. I know that sounds really random, but you guys oh, have I to remember. Okay, stay on top of that. Yeah. Well, because Dobermans, like you have to remember, I was a dog trainer and a vet tech and all this stuff. So Dobermans were actually bred by like a tax guy to help him like collect. Hmm. So it is. It's like watch, like be on top of that. 
This is totally <laughs> random, but you know what? Like, I just bought my best friend Snoop Dogg's cookbook, and can I say that his fried chicken is fucking oh, A+. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> it's fire. It's fire. Okay, I got you. Text. I, have, me. I have cool water Thank stuff. Thank you. Right here. Can you show me that afterwards, though? Give me one second to finish this, and yes. Does anyone else have any questions before? Yes. just like this okay so I don't know if this might be too personal but it is something that I've been wondering about uh, since you guys both have witches and you guys both have family how do you deal with family that is unaccepting of your lifestyle and whether it's uh, your family or you know you're married to Ricky Ricky's family maybe it's not on board and then how do you deal with being a witch mother when do you introduce what you are practicing and believing in to your child and do you want him to be part of that life and how how does that all play out very good questions. That, no, that's an excellent question. Uh, well, I, for me at least, um, if your family doesn't accept you, and this is hard because we're all really raised that you know, blood is thicker than water, this and that. I may not be the best person to answer this. So my family's nuts. So um, there you go. Well, I just kind of said, well, I don't, I don't need someone that shares my DNA to be my family. Um, so I actually don't talk to my family and that is fine because I have selected my family members and I am super at peace with that. Um, but I think as we get older, you know, whether you talk to your family or not, as we get older, we start to make these really profound bonds. And if you're really lucky, you get two, you know, like that, if you're like blessed, you know, and maybe you get more, maybe you get less, we don't know, but you, you really do start to bond with people. And especially as a witch, like you develop your magical family and that runs deeper than anything that blood could do is the first thing that I want to say. But I also think when it comes to your family not accepting your practice and stuff like that, you kind of have to pick and choose your battles and like, is this the hill that you want to die on on Thanksgiving dinner, you know? Or are you going to kind of just like allow yourself to kind of be in the broom closet or just be like, hey, we're not we're not touching this right now, you know? And that might be one way to kind of address like that part of it. Do you have anything to say? Yeah, you know, um, what I did is I just didn't tell them. That's one thing I didn't. I just didn't tell them. But says be a Scorpio, keep secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But as far as my children go, I I turned them on to it, and I left it up to them whether they were going to walk the path or not. And they, you know, they did try it. My two older ones tried, and they realized that really it wasn't for them being in a coven situation or whatever. But they still do their little. I mean, they're the first ones to call me. Ma, I need a candle. I mean, they just know. Oh, Ma, I need a reading, you know. So they're they're definitely, in, you know. Witch-adjacent. Yeah, yeah, witch-friendly. And, you know, it was really hard for them because uh, growing up in high school, like, what did your mother do? She teaches dance and she's a witch. You know, what a combination, you know. It's like really. And and my, my youngest daughter has this new boyfriend, and he comes from, like, um, a very strict religious background I don't even know what it is but I mean he must look at me like yep I mean that's what I feel when he looks at me like yep yeah so very different I asked him we were playing Beatle music and I said you know this song he goes no I said how could you not know this song because all they listened to was religious music Ugh. so sad but anyway uh, uh, well to answer part of your question as far as like m- uh, like from my side so 
I'm born and raised Catholic, but uh, even and and now I'm more agnostic. Like I personally believe, like perhaps there is a God, but whether or not it cares that we worship it is, you know, just up for interpretation. Um, but uh, as far as my family's concerned, I mean, I think my brother and my sister know she's a witch. My dad's kind of oblivious. My mom. Gets readings from me. Get, yeah, gets readings from her. You know, she shares recipes and, you know, old, like, Mexican mom fables and stuff like that. But, um, but again, being raised Catholic, um, she wants, you know, our baby to be baptized. And really, we're only going to be doing it for her. It's not for me. It's obviously not for her. So... It, it, it'll just be left at that and whether or not again he wants to follow up with um first what communion and um uh what's the other one confirmation. confirmation and then if he wants to follow in her practice or anything else anything else it's going to be entirely up to him i'm not going to force anything on him and uh, you know my mom will obviously read him the bible but pray and wash him well, when he comes home, but I'm going to tell him. I'm going to be training him that anytime she puts holy water on him, just scream it burns. Like, that's which, what he decided. Which, to be perfectly honest, is what I've always done. Anytime. My mom has this little uh, thing. She has. My mom has this little thing mounted to the to the wall right next to the door, to the, right next to the front door. And it has water in it all the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's holy water. But anytime she would dip her hand. Anytime we'd be walking out, she'd dip her hand in it. And put the cross on my forehead, and I go, ah, it burns, Satan, and you know, uh, and she'd always get pissed and, and like slap my back. But uh, but for the sake of your question, you know, um, it's uh, I'm gonna baptize him, you know, whatever. And it, it as he gets older, he'll pick pick and choose whatever he wants, religion wise, and and yeah. that'll be that. Absolutely. Witchcraft is so ingrained in my life, in my home, in my career and everything that there's really no way to keep them away from it anyway. And when you live a magical life, like it really is ingrained into what you do. Like I have my little parking goddess chant that I just I just say it automatically. Like I don't even think about it, you know. I did it on the way over here because she said, good luck finding parking. <laughs> and as I'm coming down the street, boom, boom, boom. See? Yep. It's magic and it works. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll be exposed to it. And, and if he likes it, awesome, whatever he wants to. So I'm trying to kind of stay free-flowing with that. But he has already attended ritual. Like It's actually really cute. My first like proper ritual was um, in bulk. And he was almost three months old this in bulk and so i didn't join in in person um but i had him and i just hopped in on zoom and he started crying so i was like you know what and i had like the baby wearer on and i'm invoking the elements and doing my thing and i realized i'm like his first ritual was in bulk too <laughs> yeah does anyone else have any questions for us yes spencer So my question is weirdly practical. I've started doing some candles and getting candles wax out of my cauldron is a nightmare. Do you have any tips on cleaning your cauldron? Because like I'm struggling and it's like I'm sitting with a fork trying to get the wax out and I'm like embarrassed for myself. I'm like, thank God no one can see me. So 
I actually have, if I can remember, I will take a picture and post it online. I have like three mini cauldrons that I'm ashamed. Not that long. Okay, like pretty long. But um anyway, so I, I feel you. Um I feel you. Well, first of all, they're cauldrons, you can heat them up. So so, well, what I'm going to do, because I have the same thing, so I was like, I can't fit a tea light under these because they're my mini ones. So I'm waiting till it is not super hot so that I can turn my oven on. I'm going to go get a cookie sheet that I don't give a shit about. And I just that way, if it gets scratched or whatever, and I'm going to bake them until it comes out. There's also wax off, just so you know. But if it's a little bit of wax and it's not like an insane amount, put it in the freezer. Yeah, put it in the f- freezer. You can do that, yeah, but like freezer. candle wax will freeze off. So if it's not like an insane amount, but it's just stubborn, go ahead and pop it in the freezer for a couple hours. And then when you take it out, you should be able to break it apart pretty easy. But I relate with you because I'm with the fork and the knife trying to get the wax out too. So. It was like a sad 20 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. You're not alone. You're not alone. I've done it. I've We're all in that knives. club. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It sure is. It should be part of the 101. Yeah, right. Exactly. It should be. Some suggestions. So, all right. Does anyone else have any other questions before we wrap up? All right. Well, we usually wrap up with like a shout out, but I think I speak for both of us when I say that we are shouting out to all of you guys that came out tonight. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to everybody that joined on. We are so happy. Yes. And on that note, Mary Meet. Mary Part. And, and Mary Meet again. again. Yay! Yay. Yay.